welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devatara called Pashas Noyach, our relationship with objects. Shalom to everyone. Pashas Noach, I want to share with you a fascinating concept that is brought down by Reb Chaim Shmulevitz in his book, Sichos Musal. And it starts off like this. Parshas Noach, it says <coughs> that Noach, when he turned 500, he had three kids at that year, Shem, Cham, Ve'afis. The Midrash, the Rashi brings down on that, is that HaKadosh Buhu didn't want, deprived pretty much, Noach from having kids until he was 500, as opposed to other people in his generation that already had kids at the age of 100, because he did it in favor of the tzaddik of Noach. Why? Because if they would be wicked people, Rishayim, he didn't want the tzaddik Noach to suffer and see that his kids would die during the flood, the Mabul. On the other hand, if they would be tzaddikim, and he had many kids that tzaddikim, then he would have to work a lot harder to build more arcs to save them from the flood. And HaKadosh Buhu didn't want to put that burden on him. And the question begs itself, says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, surely if you ask Noach, he'd rather get a lot of workers to help him, or his own kids to help him build the ark. He had 120 years to build the ark, which is another question. Why did he need so so much time? The famous answer is because HaKadosh Baruch wanted to ensure there'll be time for people around him to see what's happening, and maybe it'll affect them, and there'll be choizel b'tshuva. But surely you don't need so long for that 120 years. Bracket that. We'll continue. So HaKadosh Baruch didn't want him to have kids and deprived him from having kids until he was 500. Because if he would have kids that are tzaddikim, and this is the point I want to focus on, then he would require to work a lot harder. But the question begs itself, surely Noach would prefer to work harder, get workers or get his kids to help him, and yes, indeed, have kids, more kids. So why did HaKadosh Buhu deprive him from having kids until he was 500? To answer this, we have to bring certain stories in Midrashim that Chazal bring or in Gemaras and I'll only bring three or four of them to show a phenomenal concept that might seem to be a bit magical at first sight but if you think about it I think you'll see look around and you'll see there is something to it story number one without getting into all the details some of you might know the story some might not but there's a prophet called Elisha his helper was Gehazi HaKadosh Baruch gave special powers, for the lack of a better term, to Elisha to be able to do things such as resurrect people from the dead. And Elisha wanted to help this lady that had a kid, thanks to him, and suddenly this kid died. So Elisha, instead of going himself to resurrect the dead, he gave his staff, Mish'enet, to his helper, Gehazi, to go and put the staff onto the kid, and it was supposed to bring him back to life. And the question is, how can the staff do that? And we understand that HaKadosh Buhu gave the powers to Elisha, the prophet, to do it. But how can his staff do it? And the answer is, because yes, we do have the ability to impact even inanimate objects. And this staff was with Gehazi. Gehazi had such kedusha to him. He had such special midas that it impacted even objects around him, such as his staff. On the same token, 
A person can undo those powers in an object or have negative impacts on the object. And that's what happened. Because Gechazi on the way, the Midrash says that every time he bumped into someone, he said, yeah, right, this staff is going to, you really think this is what Elisha told me, to put the staff on the kid. You think the staff has powers to, to, to resurrect people from the dead? And as a result of that, it nullified the powers of the staff and it didn't work. And Elisha had to come on his own and indeed perform the resurrection of the dead. So already we see one story where the object gets impacted. Story number two, the Gemara in Yuma, talks about the famous Nicanor. Nicanor was a person that went across the ocean. I think it was to Alexandria. He wanted to find something unique and special and unbelievable for the base of Mikdash. So he decided to buy these special handmade gates. I think it was made from copper. And finally, he found them. He put put them on a. He went on a ship back to Eretz soil And on the way, there was a huge storm, and they made him throw the gates out. So the first gate he threw out, and then he got really upset that he did such a thing. And the second time they won, they said, "Listen, the storm is still it's still out there, and it's very dangerous. Throw the second gate. It's weighing a lot. It's bringing us down." the whole ship, and he said, no way, and he hugged the gate, according to Rashi, and he said, I'm not willing to give over, to, to throw this gate, and if you force me to, you should throw me off as well. And from that, Mesilus Nefesh, that act of self-sacrifice, to show how much he loved the Kodesh Buch, and wanted to help uh, do something for the base of Mikdash, straight away the storm stopped. More than that, eventually when he reached Eretz soil with the ship, and he was so sad that he threw the first gate out. He should have done the same thing with the first gate, he told himself. But when he came out of the ship, suddenly he saw that the other gate managed to make it on its own, floating behind the ship. How did that object have powers to do that? And the answer is, the self-sacrifice of Nicanor was the one that gave this gate the ability to follow the ship. Ad Kedekach, this Till, till the base of Mikdash always had this gate, Shah Nikanor. And even when all the gates in the base of Mikdash were upgraded to gold, one was left to remember this self-sacrifice act of, of uh, Nikanor. And more than that, I think it's because in that gate, there was something very unique. His self-sacrifice had an impact on the gate, which impacted people that came to the base of Mikdash. The next story is about Shmuel Anavi. We know that Shmuel, his mother, Chana, davened a lot to have this kid and finally HaKadosh Buhu gave her this kid Chazal, the Midrash on Shmuel says that you see in the Psukim that she built a special coat for him and this coat in the Midrash proves it from other Psukim that the same coat grew with him as he got older and the question is why? why was that necessary? that's a huge miracle, Hashem doesn't stop do miracles the only other time we saw such a thing is the Dora Midbar, when they were in the desert, they had nothing. So we understand why it was a necessity that Kadesh Buhu made the miracle that as they grew older, their clothes grew with them. But why? Why, why, is this, why did Kadesh Buhu perform such a miracle for Shmuel? And the answer is that it was necessary for Shmuel to perform and do his important goal in Am Yisrael. He needed to have that coat grow with him because after everything Hannah, his mother, went through, when she created that coat for him, all her love was put into that coat. Her tears, her crying for years, her love for him, and that had a huge impact on him. That's why it was imperative that that coat grew with him, because that is what gave him the power 
energy, whatever you want to call it, to be able to impact all of Klal Yisrael. He went from city to city because he had the love for Am Yisrael, just like Chana put the love into him and his mother. And that's why he was able to affect so many people like Zobit Shuvah, and he was a phenomenal figure that was able to impact so many people in, in the Jewish nation. Perhaps the epitome of this idea can be seen with the leader of all times, Moishe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu Chazal bring down had ten different names. And all these names were emphasizing a different quality, a special quality Moshe Rabbeinu had. However, out of all the ten names, which name did HaKadosh Buhu decide to call him? Moshe. That I pulled him out of the water. Who pulled him out of the water? It was the daughter of Paro. If anything, that emphasizes and shows us a quality about Paro's daughter. So why is that? the name that Hashem chose, especially because it's the name that Paro's daughter gave gave to him. So that question is very stark, it's a very strong question. Zokt Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the reason is because that had the biggest impact on him. That is the reason he was able to be the leader of the Jewish people. Because that act of unbelievable self-sacrifice, that despite the fact that her father said, if anyone does it and saves a, a Jewish baby, I'll kill them, and despite that, she put so much self-sacrifice to save this baby that that act of chesed went into Moshe Rabbeinu in an extreme way that he was able to give so much to Klal Yisrael because it put into him this idea of chesed and avas Israel, and he was able to become the leader and care, as we know, for all, every, every person in Am Yisrael. To bring just some practical Examples of this, Gdoile Hado really held of this. Gdoile Talmide Chachamim held of this. I know a personal story that when my wife, every time before she used to give birth, she used to went to go to visit Reb Chaim's wife, Aleha Shalom, Rabbanit Kanievsky, and she always made her sit in her in 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 her husband's father's chair, the stipler, Reb Chaim Kanievsky's father. And people used to ask him, Chaim, what is this all about? Now, the stapler was an awesome figure. He was someone that the Shekhinah, he had Ruach HaKodesh, there's no doubt. He was a very special person. And he, all of Am Yisrael were at his doorstep asking for brachas, asking for, for help. And he was learning all the time, of course. And, uh, and Reb Chaim said, yes, of course it does something. Because he was there, he had an impact on that. There's many stories more to say, but we'll just now bring it home and answer our main question that we started with. The question was, why did Akash not prefer to give Noach what, what seemed to be a way better deal for Noach, to have kids, and if they end up being tzaddikim, big deal. So he'll get workers, and he'll get his kids to help, to build more arks. So why didn't Hashem do that? Instead, Akash Bohu decided to deprive him for, for having kids for another 400 years. The answer is because only Noach can build the ark. Why? Because HaKadosh Buhu put into the world the spiritual DNA that when someone has a self-sacrifice for something and he's on a high level and a very big tzaddik and he has amazing midas, he can have an effect on the object that no one else can have. So we at the question we're asking, why can't anyone else build the ark? Because we're under the impression and our question that the ark is just a physical entity that protects from the water, from the flood, but it's not true. It has to have that spiritual impact on it. That the self-sacrifice of building something, despite the fact that everyone around you is wanting to kill you, 
wanted, everyone wanted to kill Noah for doing that. And yet he still put self-sacrifice to be building the ark, which put into the ark this idea of being a spiritual idea that will protect people. It wasn't just a physical protection, it was also a spiritual protection. And that's what the ark needed to be able to save people. That type of work to do on his own, all, all of that, that was too, too big for him. And therefore, Kaddish Buhu could not be Machiachim and put that burn on him. It would be too, too, too big. Yiratzon, that we take this idea and we understand that if we can have such an impact on inanimate objects around us, imagine how much we can have an impact on people around us, especially the ones that are really close to us and that we really this care. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Dramasaf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. PrismaofTorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, PrismaofTorah.com This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Leva, Siona, Yaakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai, Yisak, Isaac, Ben Moshe.